Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sam the SLB, and alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Tony Khan's voice of reason, Scott, as well as our latest addition to the podcast. He's the man of many numbers, John Statman. We come to you from above the ring, Ship It Studios premier wrestling podcast covering all things from AEW to WWE worldwide, coming to you on Monday morning, Turner time. We're going to Tarantino this up right now. We're going to just kick things off with a Statman fact. Well, you know, Sam, thank you for that. Fabulous introduction there. I do have a Statman for you, fact for you right from the start. And this centers around, I think something we'll be addressing later in the show a little bit because it ties into what's going on with him right now a little bit. But this Statman fact centers around the new AEW world champion, MJF. We saw him uh, win the title from John Moxley uh, recently at Full Gear. It was a long time coming, but I think the devil finally got his due. If I, if I think I got that saying right. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, all right. I'm going to throw a fact at you. All right. And maybe I'll ask you guys first before I actually say off the fact. All right. How many matches, because he doesn't wrestle very often. We know that now. How many matches do you think MJF has had in the entirety of his wrestling career. Oh, Ooh. whole career. Not Ooh. just yes. AEW. Not just AEW. I'm going to be very conservative on this. Because I am i can't even tell you how many times he's wrestled in AEW. Mm-hmm. So I will say 72. Scott, do you have a figure? Oh. One dollar, Bob. Yeah. So this is so well, Sam. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say seventy-one just to be well, funny. But. Well, Sam, remember this is not just AEW. This is all everything he's done. Well, that's why I was being conservative because I can't even. Okay. I don't even know how many matches he's done in AEW. I didn't think it was a lot. It's yeah, probably yeah. south of twenty-five over the years. Um, in AEW, maybe, but um, yeah, yeah. Overall, in his career, I know he wrestled a lot in um, the Northeast. I'll uh, this is probably this might be low. Uh, I'll say 125. Yeah, I figured it'd be higher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. I'll throw the number at you right now, and you guys were very conservative, <laughs> but <laughs> so this is courtesy of CageMatch.net, which is the internet wrestling database. Thanks to them. Mm. So they have for MJF. 483 matches down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. His first match they have down here, it was February 13th, 2015, uh, for CAP, Create a Pro Wrestling Show. And this is when he was under uh, Maxwell Jacob Feinstein. I actually remember that name. Holy shit. Okay. He's he's been under three, four different names. A couple of these I'd never heard of. So he's MJF. Uh, both switching off between Friedman and Feinstein, Pete Lightning, Pete and Lightning? San and San- Sandy Bunker. Oh God, oh Jesus! Pete Lightning <laughs> sounds like what his name may have been if he went to uh, NXT. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. That sounds... Maybe it was at his tryout with uh, with Regal. Well, uh, now I think about it. Had he gone to? NXT, I think Triple H is smart enough to keep. We'll talk Eli Drake for a moment. Eli mm. Drake, they changed him to L.A. Knight, so yep. he kind of kept his moniker. The name changed, so he probably would have done yeah. something similar where yep. maybe MJF stood for something different. 
who knows? Just curious about that. What is the breakdown for MLW and AEW matches? Because mm. use MLW that, for a bit. That I would have to dig a little bit more, so that way that way it divides it up into companies because this just has a collective of everything. I had forgotten about his, him being an MLW. Yeah, that would have definitely pushed my numbers north, but. 400 and something yeah that that sounds about right especially only and only since 2015 too which is insane. yeah i mean that's that's yeah that's what they have his first match down so he's been around i, I see a lot of different promotions here he's wrestled in rhode island a few times i know that he yeah. wrestled for he, beyond yeah he's been all over yeah all over the north he's beyond i was gonna say it was one of the big ones but yeah. they get deep into that but that's that's interesting that's that's interesting okay for some reason, I thought it was low because I can't even... How many matches has he had in AEW? I'm close to you, Scott. I'm thinking, give or take 25, but yeah, not north of 30. He doesn't need to wrestle all the time. So, I mean, I'm, it's his voice carries him as it is. But when he is in the ring, he's fucking incredible. Yes. yes. Yeah. And he's getting better, too, which is great. Yep. Yeah, he is. Well, um, we're going to jump ahead, guys. Uh, end of the year. It is December. Our last episode... Final Bedlam 2 is happening two weeks from when this drops. I know Scott and I are looking forward to it. Uh, quickly, we're going to go through the calendar. Next two weeks, not really that active. Uh, the 10th, big day, Ring of Honor, final battle, WWE, NXT, deadline. We will not be able to live tweet or watch those live due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, I'll go through these cards quickly. Obviously, they're going to more matches uh, to be added. Deadline going to be for the number one contender for the NXT championship and Ironman match between Carmelo Hayes, JD McDonald, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and a wild card winner. Same for NXT women's championship, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, and a wild card winner. And then a singles match for the NXT championship, Apollo Cruz taking on the champion, Braun Breaker. For final battle, we have Chris Jericho taking on Claudio Castanoli for the Ring of Honor world title. Garcia versus Yuta for the pure championship. Mercedes Martinez versus, versus Athena for the women's world championship. Samoa Joe taking on Juice Robinson for the television title. And then Swerve in our glory taking on Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. We'll probably watch those later on. We won't be able to cover them, but we will cover mm. the results in final bedlam. Uh, following that, then we have AEW. They count this as a, an event. It's not a winner is coming on the 14th. And then we don't have anything till holiday bash on the 21st. So very, very, lukewarm month which is fine a lot less to cover a lot more to focus on going into one of the busiest months of the year guys january yep royal rumble and of course most importantly the tokyo dome <laughs> january 4th and 5th sam's all ready for that <laughs> oh i'm all ready well i john you missed it we had a conversation he and i earlier today and we were talking about music and how we mentioned about being a metalhead this and that and i go i'm not going to force it on them though you know i'm going to let them discover the music that they want to listen and like and i go however they will be watching Wrestle Kingdom every year. <laughs> and, uh, and Scott's like, oh, you guys get it at 2 a.m. The pre-show's starting. <laughs> so far, we only have matches announced for the fourth. Nothing for the fifth yet. Uh, Jay White and Kazushka Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Fascinating about this. I think Okada is like one in three or something like that in matches. Singles matches against White. So this will be interesting. All right. Uh, Kyrie Sane, who is the, and I was going to bring this up in the news, but as I'm talking about it here, uh, she's the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion. 
She will be defending her title against Tom Nakano, Tim Nakano. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Ren Narita for the inaugural world TV title. Uh, Taji Ishimori taking on El Desperado. Kamaru Takahashi and Master Wado for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. And of course, the one that's going to make John cringe, Will Ospreay taking on a returning Kenny Omega for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. So, so far, not a lot of matches, but I know with World Tag League uh, finishing up and some of these other tournaments, we will get other matches announced. So actually, I mentioned that, Scott. I'm just thinking now we have a women's title. Definitely going to be a women's tournament throughout the oh, year of course. at some point. Of course, because... New Japan loves their tournaments, which so makes Scott. me sad because I don't have enough time to watch them because you know how much I love tournaments. That's like watching the Olympics every month. Yeah, pretty like much. Watching the Olympics. Not like, oh, yeah, I watched bobsled in like three weeks ago. No, no. This is like watching everything every month for that. Yeah. So you have every lukewarm month. We will be going into next year. We will be recording. We're not going to take the month off. I'm expect our last episode on the 19th. And then the you know first week of January, we will have an episode. First, second week of January, we'll have an episode. We just had these two banger pay-per-views. We did not get to do a post-show, but we will be talking about these results quickly. Obviously, a year ago, this would have been flipped, but you know, AEW has the larger cards. Survivor Series has the smaller card. I want to talk about Survivor Series a little more because we had somebody who was present. For Full Gear, we had best friends, Orange Cassidy and Rocky Mero and Dan Housen taking on the factory, defeat the factory. Ricky Starks defeated Brian Cage. Eddie Kingston defeated Drew Nakayama. Jungle Boy defeated Luchasaurus. Death Triangle defeated the Elite. And would become a best of seven series for the trios titles. Jade Cargill defeated Nyla Rose for the TVS title. Chris Jericho defeated Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanoli, and Sammy Guevara for the Ring of Honor title. Soraya defeated Britt Baker in her ret- in-ring return. Samoa Joe defeated Warlow to take on the, to take the TNT title. Sting and Darmy Allen defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jamie Hamidar defeated Tony Storm to become the AW the interim. T- Women's Championship only later on. We'll probably talk about it later to become the official women's champion. The Acclaim taking on defeating Storm in our glory to retain the tag titles. And of course, most importantly, MJF defeating John Moxley to become the AEW world champion for the end of time. <laughs> so it's a lot. At this point, we've all talked about it. You know, we don't have time to talk about it here, but we'll probably sprinkle in when we get to later on in the show, some talking points. Survivor Series War Games. If there was any reason I had more to be pissed off about moving to Florida from the Northeast is missing Survivor Series War Games. The first Survivor Series pay-per-view, I would say, doesn't technically have a Survivor Series match in it. I know. And if they replace that with War Games or, you know, intertwine it, you know, every other year or something like that, I'm on board. I think that was a smart I think it was a smart move to put in war games because I think the Survivor Series elimination match is not really that interesting anymore. And I think I think Triple H realized that it was time to switch things up at this pay-per-view. And Survivor Series War Games was a big success mm-hmm. for, for them. So I, I think they made the right move doing that. Yeah, I would I would say so, especially in more recent times under I know. <laughs> Obviously, Triple H has it now, but under the Ventrain, it was becoming like this thing where both brands didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, up Survivor Series time, all of a sudden, you know, everybody who may have been a friend on another show to somebody else, because they're on another show, they're like enemies. And they're going to, it just sounded, it same, seemed like such a rushed concept. And it's made it just so not interesting. Where at this point, War, War Games has cemented itself in something that WWE should have kept from the start. 
Agreed. when they got WCW. Agreed. And maybe not due to the fact that, you know, it's been able to age a little bit and we can rebrand it and make sure it didn't get the war games, you know, treatment like Helena Cell did. Right. We'll go through this and I'm we're gonna I'm gonna ask Scott his thoughts being there. So Team Belair defeated Team Bailey. AJ Styles with Luca with Gals and Anderson defeated Balor with Judgment Day. Ronda Rousey defended and retained the SmackDown Women's title against Shotzi. Austin Theory defeated Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley to win the U.S. title. And of course, as expected, the Bloodline defeated the Brawling Brutes in War Games. Scott, that photo you had sent was really cool. And I just could have, I can't even imagine what it was like to be in that building. It, uh, it was, um, it was insane. It was the first time I'd been to a WWE event in probably six or seven years. Um, oh, wow. It was a last minute thing. I wasn't planning on going. I was down in Massachusetts visiting my family for, um, for Thanksgiving. And I was just like, I was on the fence. Ticket prices were ridiculously expensive. And I'm just like, do I really want to spend all this money to go to this show? And, but the card was good. And I'm like, this is the first time they're going to do war games. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to go again. And I'm like, well, I'm also graduating. And I'm like, ah, the last one, I'm like, ah, screw it. What? All right. All right. Graduation present to myself. I'm going. And of course, in my lapse of judgment, because I'm stupid, I completely forgot to talk to John about this. <laughs> because having day would have been no. awesome. No, no, and I felt no, so no. bad. Because John's <laughs> no, like, no. why am I not there with you? Why do I go out of Especially, well, especially since my birthday plans were next due to extenuating circumstances uh, no I, i'm, I'm it's, it's, it's 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 no problem i felt so bad i was like son of a bitch <laughs> but, um but yeah like this this show was was crazy like um i somehow was able to get an aisle seat which of course i'm i'm i'm, I'm not the smallest human being so that was clutch um the the view was just fantastic like i said the photo that i sent you and um it's just the 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 building was shaking at points and it was just i don't know to be able to to sing Seth Rollins song to to acknowledge the tribal chief all that shit that you know you, you jokingly do it on your own couch being able to do it in front of you know and with 20,000 other people it's yeah it was it was something i i thoroughly enjoyed it it was worth every penny that i spent for it that's that's nice so life, but <laughs> yeah um again if I would love to do it. However, I think next, again, due to circumstances, we in the time frame, um, not doable. But however, if it ever happens down in the Tampa area, I'm going to expect both of you down here, you know, on assignment. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. It's a boys night the day, you know, the week after Thanksgiving. <laughs> then we get to do a live post show like we've done before, Sam. Oh, those are fun. I love doing those. John, we haven't done a live show with you where you're here. I no, mean, Sam, not we've yet. only done like two ourselves, so... Yeah, but I figured John might have been with me at some point once. That's but true. no, we've always done it like this. Yeah. But that'll be down the line. That will be. That will be. So we're going to go through the weekly results before we get into our conversation. Um, obviously, a couple of things have happened. I'm not going to go too crazy again. Talking points weeks back at this point. We, we'll get to what we need to talk about. So kick off the show with – I'm not even going to go through some of these talking points because some of them, like John Moxie came out. John Moxie and Hangman, yeah. Actually, that this was interesting. I want to point this out off the bat. This is something I think AEW has been missing 
on the ball where they will have a segment. It'll happen. And that's it. Where again, WWE does it and they've done it for years is where they'll have a segment that starts the show and then it weaves throughout the episode. Right. Yeah. And this was, I actually liked it. It almost kind of made it feel a lot more coherent and kind of like tied everything. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. We had the Brian Danielson take on Dax Harwood to kick off the night. I, I'm going to, they gave this on TV. I tried to explain this to Ashley. I'm like, they put this on TV and she goes, why do you want to pay for it? I go, this is a pay-per-view match. This isn't, and it, it, I think it held up. I think it held up really well. I, I love Dax. Um, I've always loved mm-hmm. Dax. Like back when he was in NXT, like before he was even on television, I would, um, I actually tweeted back and forth with him a, a few times on my personal Twitter way back before he was on TV. Cause I saw our, our, our TV all the time. Like I saw him and even before he was with cash, uh, he had an, a previous tag partner. Um, they were called the mechanics and I just loved how Dax wrestled. And I was just like, Oh, he's such a, he seems like a throwback, like something to like the eighties and, and stuff like that. And we just chit chatted a little bit. I thought that was really cool. And then just watching him, progress and just how he's at now like this man can easily easily win singles championships and have very successful title reigns with it like he's just he has i think he's one of the more well-rounded wrestlers that AEW has it was nice to finally see him on tv <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and, and and wrestle against brian danielson uh uh what def- one of the best wrestlers they have and so I think this was the first time these two squared off against one another too. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was hard hitting. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a few spots in there. I was like, well, yeah, but, but overall, you know, I think that was, that was probably one of, that was probably the best match of the night. Mm. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. It just, <clears throat> this again, I thought it would, this is something you would have thrown on pay-per-view. Yeah. Like this yeah. is, this is something yeah. you would have had on, in, on final battle. Honestly, if you want my honest opinion, um, there, there were there were a few unfortunate camera shots, which uh, <laughs> so, so, some people had some some information about. <laughs> There's one that I, I tell. Uh, please apologize. Well, I, I don't know if you should apologize to Ashley for me, Sam. But I keep sending the picture of the one with Dax, where the 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 camera is so close up. Oh my god. There was oh, one camera shot they... where she was, she was like, "Why did they film it that way?" Yeah, yeah they came from underneath. I'm like, "Why?" Like even even when it was showing, I'm like, "Why are they showing this camera angle?" This is no. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then within seconds, Ashley's like, "Why is this a camera angle? Why?" Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> Fantastic. So we had that to you know, obviously to kick off the night. This was a good episode of Dynamite, even though it did have a, the ratings weren't great. Um, then we had a. Teenage uh, Open Challenge, Samoa Joe taking on the newly signed AR Fox, mm. um, a New England local, which is super excited. I know we've talked, uh, prior to the show, we talked about this. I was like, oh, they're going to, he's going to get squashed against Joe. Like, this is what they did. They signed him. He's going to be like just talented. Throw. They they gave him, they they let him go all out and show his talent. And I, they better not, again, another talent. I hope they just don't, you know, throw away and kind of like, he was good. I was impressed, and I thought this was this was this was good. He's a, another talent that came from a certain underground wrestling show, Sam. Oh, just really? To, just to let you know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Sam, you know what I'll do? You know, <laughs> you remember the back and forth we had, Sam, about wrestlers' real names? Yes. And we were and we were laughing hysterically. <laughs> is this one? I, I feel like this is I think this should be a recurring thing that I do. When we mention when we mention new talent here on the on the program, I bring up the wrestler's real name just for the record. Okay. All right. AR Fox's real name. Thomas James Ballister. What? Yes. <laughs> Looks like a Ballister. The Ballister, like 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 Simon Ballister, like Steven Seagal and Urban just, I don't know. All right, anyway. <laughs> hey, look, yes, he reminds me of Steven name. Seagal. He looks a lot like him. <laughs> <laughs> From Enosia, Connecticut. It just sounds yuppie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know, like, where these people come up with these names. It's just. It, he, he, he's gone through a few different ring names, too. I have A.R. Fox, uh, R.J. Fox, Dante Fox. An amplifier. <laughs> amplifier. That sounds like a WCW 2000s name. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that absolutely does. <laughs> so but he did a good job against Samoa Joe. I'll give him that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, however, the next one, uh, Ricky starts squashed Ari Davari. Obviously, they're really starting to push uh, Ricky, try to push him up towards the card. Him and Ethan will be a lot of fun, mm. especially since now they're in the title picture. Always been a fan of Ricky. Always been a fan of the Ethan. Super excited to see, you know, those two brawl it out at some point. Uh, we also had a girl, Willow Nightingale, take on and defeat Anna Jay. I uh, didn't think that was going to happen. I thought Anna Jay was going to get her over. I love how over Willow is. Yes. I hope she's gets a title shot at some point. Um, fun. Yeah, we had we had the returning Ruby Soho after that match. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. To mm-hmm. confront the Thai, oh, what is it, Mellow. I almost said Conti. Ty Mello confront her for breaking her nose all those months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I'm surprised that they changed her name after she got married to Sammy. It was probably her request. Well, maybe her request. I think so, I because I think Conti was from a previous ma- I think it was from a previous marriage she had. Oh, okay, okay. So, so she, had, she had kept that name just for all this time, but then once she married Guevara, well, because Mello oh, is her middle name, so I think. Mello was her maiden name, so I think she. I I don't know. I don't know what her thought process was during this, but yeah. she went back to Mello, which I think was her maiden name. I I I've been thinking about this. I got to let this little gripe out. I don't think Ty Mello just rolls off the tongue. Ty Conti did, but even if she took the name Guevara and said her name was Ty Guevara, it's it's it's. Maybe I think it works work? better than Ty Mello, personally, as a ring name. Hmm. yeah yeah the, uh, it, the, yeah i agree with that <laughs> that's just a personal opinion that's not i've just i've been thinking about it for some reason it's one of those th- it's one of those ticks in the back of my head I'm like, <laughs> it just gnaws away at you yeah i'm like that don't work i, I just i'm not fe- <laughs> i'm not feeling it and then we had uh match three of the best of seven series the elite taking on death triangle for the trios titles with the elite get bringing it two to one so they have a first win. They're going to make this go to seven. That's no argument. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no reason for yes. this not to go to seven. I mean, I would say it's a ratings draw, but unfortunately, uh, an article that I believe John sent us, it was the lowest rating that the show had, which, not going to lie, little surprised. And, 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 and half of me is like, well, not so much. With all the drama that's going on, people turn off the show. 
which I believe John, you said you did. I did, and then but I then and then I caught the end of it. Yeah, I think because I had I was driving home at that time. Well, I had to leave, so I said, oh, that's well, you right. know what? You know what? I saw this match last week, anyways. John's like, oh, they keep doing the same matches every night. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do, which I think we're gonna get into a little bit later here. But yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like Randy Orton in uh, Junior Mahal, 2017, all over again. <laughs> Either that or with him with Christian. It was like six months of those two going back and forth. Oh, yeah. 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 So hopping over to uh, the impact train, choo-choo. Um, <laughs> we had, let's see. what I swear we're getting into uh, something coming up. Oh, hard to kill uh, next month. Still like a month away, but uh, Bully Ray, I think, is going to be taking on Josh Alexander. But he took on and defeated... No, Rich Swan defeated Bully Ray by DQ. Moose defeated Gajar. Is that was that um Rahit Raju's uh, guy? I believe so. Okay, I believe so. Frankie Kazarian defeated Steve Macklin by DQ. Oh, it's like two thousand SmackDown. I was like, it's all DQs. Like, what's going on here? Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo for the last rodeo. Okay. Yeah, I, I love how Mickey James is going through this lo- this this last rodeo tour. Like, I, I believe she's essentially doing the Ric Flair tour. She's going to go until she loses. So I don't know who's going to be the one to put her down. It might be Deanna. Um, but she's had she's Mickey James has had some bad had had some rough times as of late. Uh, I think I believe recently her brother. Her brother and her niece were killed in a car accident recently. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know how that'll impact. Well, no pun intended there. I'm sorry. But how that will change up her plans for maybe her time winding down. But yeah, that happened recently, which is awful. That's terrible. Hmm. Okay. So I found the result. Mickey James defeated Deanna Perrazzo. And this was the last rodeo. Obviously, if James loses, she would retire, but she's not. So her career moves on. Um, then Jordan Grace came out, so we're going to get Grace and Mickey James at some point. Scott and I is very important. This is probably our favorite part of Impact. It looks like Eric Young and uh, Diener are going to go head-to-head because I'm just reading the opening line. Eric Young takes Diener back to where it all began, the abandoned prison in Tennessee. Oh, boy. And that's how it ended. Oh, wow. Okay. Violent by Design was like our thing, John, when they started. It was a fascinating uh, faction there. Because, uh, well, we we kind of changed it around because the podcast world doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us. That's right. Maybe I'll watch that this week. I got a lot to catch up on. Um, Last but not least, uh, AW Rampage. A lot in this episode. Darby Allen took on and pinned Cole Carter. Private Party taking on and losing to uh, Jared and Lethal. Athena taking on defeated Danny um, Danny Moe, which is we actually got tweeted. We I think got a retweet or a like from her. Nice. Um, we got the Juice Robinson Ring of Honor TV title challenge. Yep. And then the main event, Orange Cassidy taking on QT Marshall to retain his title. Uh, the good old lumberjack match. <laughs> yep. And we had the House of Black come out after. I will say, I was probably a little weary with Orange Cassidy getting the belt. I thought he'd be like, oh, the feel good. You know, that was, it was more about the journey. But he he really can put on a main event, especially mm. as a champion. Mm. Despite him being the ha-ha funny guy, but also the I can do some really cool shit guy. Yeah. I think he's a good, uh, good champion. Hope to see more of that. But not a bad episode of Rampage. I felt like there was definitely a lot of fluff in there. A lot of probably getting ready for Final Battle and all this other stuff. Now, we want to talk about fluff. 
want to talk about <laughs> things going on. We decided to kind of like post our question, not a favorite or least favorite, or we want to talk about something that's been going on for months. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of, I don't want to say we've swerved away from it, but we've been kind of keeping a neutral ground discussing it. But an article, oh, whoever whoever had the article, I'm going to let them lead on this one. I don't know if it's one of you two. It wasn't me. John, was that you who had the article? To which article are you referring to? <laughs> I'm referring to the one where the post all out media scrum might be a work or they're not getting rid of Steampunk's uh, contract. Well, I, all right, I don't. There isn't a particular article on the idea of this is a work. I think this has been this has been something I've been seeing a lot of tweets about, you know, in from various fans, I guess, uh, in regards to this, that this is all a work and that eventually CM Punk will return and will make his triumphant return. Or maybe he'll he maybe he'll be bad guy if he ever returned. But uh, I don't think this is all a work. I think, especially with the confusion around what the pretty much what the gist is right now between CM Punk and AEW right now, like he he's apparently he's ready to move on to the next thing, whatever that is. He doesn't want to go back to AEW, but at the same time, AEW doesn't want to buy out his contract. So there's a big holdup between both parties right now, and. I don't think the result will be that CM Punk sets foot in AEW again. I think we're past that. What are your guys' thoughts on it being a work? Because I think that's, I don't agree with that at all. I'm like, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a work. However, seeing the freedom that the talent has had with AEW and the way the wrestling world is changing again, you know, Sometimes I don't even know how to word this. Like if you can make people believe something is real. Okay. Double or nothing. We're going to talk double or nothing. Right. We're going to talk about the whole MJF. He was supposed to show up at the, uh, the, the, the thing they had. Where do we go to that? The, uh, the access like thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now he blatantly didn't show. He said he was booking a flight out of there. There were sources that were saying he had a flight and he was leaving Vegas because he was mad about his contract. And he still showed up, got squashed, didn't show up for a while, and then all out happens. Yep. So I'm not going to hop on the train that it is a work. But seeing the way this company has done a couple things, including the MJF thing, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something where it was done so subtly to make it seem like it was a work or to make it, I'm, it's that, it's that quote from Batman V Superman. Even if that we have that 0.01% that he's a, you know, he's a danger. We should take absolute precaution, precaution, mm. you know? So I won't completely ignore it, but I'm not on the train that it is. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, there's a zero or a non-zero percent chance that it could be a work, but I'm, I'm in agreement with both of you. Uh, I think some of these are, Fans grasping at straws, uh, trying any possible way to think that you know Punk's going to return. Um, but if you look at if you look at Punk now, he's having a wonderful time doing MMA commentary, uh, taking blatant shots at AEW every single week. Um, but you know, doing it in that wonderful disguised way where the fans all get yeah. it. But you know, it's um, and 
honestly though it's i think it's a smart decision for AEW to not buy out his contract because he would easily and i don't care any animosity that him and triple h have he will show up on monday night raw or friday night smackdown and just lay waste to everything AEW the moment he gets a mic in his in his hands even if it's a one-time only thing he will level that company as fast as he possibly can on the mic so with Tony keeping him at home or keeping him at least doing things that are not on actual television, it's probably the smartest business move that Tony Khan has ever made. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're not if you're not going to buy out his contract, he probably has a I I don't know how long his contract is, but I'm sure it's X amount of years or something. Yeah. If you're not going to buy out his contract, he's got to show up for work at some point depends i mean vince yeah. vince is notorious for doing this for years like he he would not he'd fall out of favor with somebody he'd send him home and let him just sit at home collect paychecks for him it's yeah it's wasted money but for him it it, it keeps it, it, what he thinks is bad product off television or bad pr because that, it, I, i'm assuming yeah. that's what tony would think that cm punk would be for him would be bad pr so you you keep him at home and just pay him but I agree with you. It would be nice for him to, yeah, he has to show up for work. But if Tony thinks he's more of a liability, you keep him home. You keep him off television. You keep him out of the, you know, the, keep as much bad PR out of the press as you can. But, you know, he keeps having those little pot shots when he's doing MMA commentary. So I don't know. I don't know. Not as obvious as the blatant shots they, the elite does. Oh, yeah. Well, of on, course. Yeah. Uh, on their weekly. I know. Oh, which, yeah. which honestly, they should know better. I know they're doing it for for BTE content. I know that's why they're doing it because it just it makes it makes the most sense for them to do that. Because yeah, they're supposed to be EVPs. They they, they should be more adult about this. But again, it is what it is. I think this shows more of a reasoning why this is this is not a work because we're seeing the immaturity on a weekly basis from these EVPs. That they're doing, and and Kenny Omega straight out said himself, he's like, "Oh, though this is not about us against CM Punk. We should move on from this." Well, what are you doing on Dynamite? <laughs> right? Is that what is that moving on? Yeah. It's like so. I I don't see CM Punk wanting to ever work with these guys because he's like, "I'm a this is I'm I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking maybe from his mindset. I'm above these guys. I don't want to work with these." these guys i already i already kicked their asses once like i don't i don't need to but it, it would i mean it even came it, from the horse's mouth he's he's old and he's working with children he says so yeah you're yeah. right i think that makes a lot of sense of mm-hmm. him thinking I that mean, he's you know he's he's above them and but i mean at the same time something like this would draw money like right. what i would people would people want to see cm punk feud with kenny omega or something probably it's like the most talked about thing in wrestling almost still in this for months prior to when it happened right but i don't think the elite care about that and i I don't think they they don't care about money they want to do stuff for themselves is their company they they want to they want to meddle with it the way they want and i don't think they want to work with cm punk either now another theory i will Again, there is so much out there because they pretty much said we're not releasing anything from the scrum, what actually happened, yep. the investigation. The fact that they don't want to buy out his contract, I mean, I'll go, we could go with what Scott said, but we're talking about the, okay, we're talking about the elite. 
but when we also have Tony. So let's, um, is there a chance? Cause Tony, I think, I mean, yeah, he needs to get his shit together and kind of keep everything held, but he's a big CM Punk fan. Right. Yes. Do you think, and again, I'm just hype, hypothetical. Do you think he might be keeping that contract? Cause maybe he either wants him a at working in the back for one reason or another in the offices or B maybe like, Hey, you know, maybe at some point, whether you think it's a good idea or not, that's another story, but do you think he's potentially might be going, Hey, maybe, you know, CM Punk, we can kind of like, you know, talk about this, you know, this and that, maybe he has a good relation with punk compared to the elite. Like, I don't like, do you think maybe his friendship with punk might also play into the fact that he hasn't gotten rid of that contract yet? I, I will agree with that. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense too because right now obviously you know if it's it's a very icy conversation I would assume between them all of them all together Tony Khan could probably just chip away at it and you know maybe depending on how long his contract is maybe six months maybe a year maybe a year and a half from now maybe he can get Punk to show up maybe just show up on TV not really talk about the elite just show up who knows I don't know could be a lot of things. Um, but yeah, like 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 both of you said, this is still something that's people are still talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I I, I want to go back to things that like you know Vince was able to to spin real life things into storylines with people who did not like one another. The most famous one for me uh, that I remember growing up was Edge and um, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, the yeah. whole Lita situation uh, that ended up turning into for me, one of the best like real life situations turned into a storyline. Could they do the same thing with the elite and CM Punk? If they, if the guys can put their pride aside, I think this could be an outstanding feud. If Punk was 10 years younger, my God, this would be probably one of the best feuds ever, but Mm. I don't know. It all depends on what they want to do. Yeah. I think the relationship right now is very sour. Tony knows that. So I think he's waiting. I mean, that's all, that's all you can. I guess that's all he can do at this point. Right. Waiting. Maybe he wants to hold on to CM Punk for his contract, pay him regardless. And then, but at the same time, maybe CM Punk too is also like, Hey, when you get your locker room under control and your EVPs under control, maybe, Maybe I'll consider coming back, but until until such time as that, I'll I'm gonna stay off to the side, and that's it. And one other thing, none of us actually mentioned until I just I just remembered it. He's injured, so yes. What's the point of having him on television besides to talk? If he's injured, he can't. Yeah, he can't confront anybody in the elite. He can't do any physicality because he's he's his arms injured. So that also might be another thing. Have him yep. wait till he's till he's fully healed, and then we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. If he does show back up on AEW television, I think I don't know who that reflects better on, either him or to, uh, him. Uh, Alita side, I don't like if he does show up after he's not injured anymore, and he maybe he's not in the title picture. Maybe he does more like a Matt Hardy thing and a Christian thing. You know, I don't know. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be a reflection of growth for a couple of people. Mm. If he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. I mean, he was in WWE and he said he was sick from it. Mm. So I, I'm, there's a lot of missing and broken pieces here. Yep. 
we also found out what the original plans would have been if the stuff from all out how played out differently mm-hmm. apparently this and this is why we saw the stuff with the firm not really work out mm. because i think that was part of the original plans apparently is that cm punk he had requested specifically to work with somebody like stokely hathaway yep and apparently the firm was going to be the one feuding with cm punk so but then all the crap happened so then that's why we saw that's why we were kind of confused about what the firm's purpose was uh, after that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <clears throat> somebody like him. So we got to keep in mind again, he's he's in his 40s. He's not young anymore. He seems like somebody who wants to work with younger talent like and I'm not even talking about like I want to wrestle them. It's like I, I would be I think he'd be a great backstage coach and trainer you know somebody you want to hey you want to learn how to talk on the mic we're going to put you with you know we'll put you with jericho we'll put you with you know punk we'll put you with moxley you know those types of people i i don't think it's a work i Uh -uh. there's so much however like i said if it this turns out to be a work this might be the biggest work i think i've ever seen in (laughs) wrestling yeah this is definitely an all-timer that's for damn sure now i'll tell you my personal opinion, if we find out this was a work, hypothetically, right, to, to really build up heat between these two people, I, I, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to be mad. I know some people I've seen. I remember when the MJF thing happened, it was, oh, he didn't show up, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, he was really trying to work that heat. He was trying to really piss people off to get them to hate him. I mean, we were in line for GCW when that news broke on mm-hmm. Twitter. And the entire place was like up in arms about it. And I'm just like, I know you and I were kind of looking at each other going, if this is like, if he's working us, like he's doing a great job. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It, it's definitely going to be interesting uh, in the coming, you know, six months to see what happens. But if anything does indeed happen, if not, then Maybe people will finally be able to fully move on from it. And, you know, right now we got MJF as champion. And I think the three of us are in agreement. This this man needs to hold on to this title for a very long time, especially since we didn't mention it either. The new belt. The new belt is out. Uh, The triple triple B. The triple B, yes. What is it? The big Burberry Burberry belt? Yes. I made a joke to Scott. Uh, actually, I think I've mentioned it to you, John. And I go, he's about to he's about to unveil AEW's spinner belt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And in some ways, it almost is. Because remember when you remember the belt was, you know, it was the WWE title. It was, you know, the belt. And then when Cena became it, yeah, I'm gonna this is this is my belt. Yep. And then we got Cena's belt, which even CM Punk himself, he held the spinner title. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, he needs to have it for a long time. Uh, I think overall, though, this whole thing with Punk, I don't think we will get more of an answer until one of two things happens or understanding of where this is go- this relationship is going to go. Now with him and the elite, him and Khan and AEW, either he gets his contract broken or when he finally is cleared. Because if he clears and we start seeing him again, then okay, well, you know, we get some. If he's cleared and he doesn't show up. Then we, then it's probably more back to what Scott said. He's like, this is probably a bad PR thing, or he just doesn't want to work with people. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, though, at least under AEW, he's able to work and do this MMA commentary. 
I don't know under Vince if they were even allowed to do that. If they were, yeah. no, they literally just no, said no. Vince didn't let you do a damn thing. No. Yeah, which was you know kind of sickening. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't like you, so you're gonna get these checks, and if you want to make more money, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of ignorant. Yeah. No but. Twitch. No Twitch. No. DoorDash, no nothing. No DoorDash. <laughs> you I can't do Instacart. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's gonna be. I think we have time. We're gonna have some time, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just need time at this point. We won't know. Yeah. But I'm not gonna lie. Due to what has happened with the elite off TV, we've been able to see other people slowly move up the the totem pole you know obviously we're seeing ethan page and ricky starks really make their way crawling up and again scott and i big fan of both of them mm-hmm. i'd probably say not not to, not to interrupt but mm-hmm. um out of this whole th- issue with the firm that that john was talking about i think ethan page has definitely benefited the most out of everybody and i, I know the the gun club well whatever they're calling themselves ass boys whatever um they finally showed up on television again we haven't really seen anybody else on TV. I, I'm sure they're sprinkled throughout dark and elevation, but um, Ethan Page definitely has has gotten the best out of this. And honestly, I think that's the best choice out of the whole group right now for him to 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 run to the top with this. So, but yeah, him and uh, him and Ricky are going to have one hell of a match. It's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. I hope he brings over the Karate Man. I know people are not going to want to see that. But I want to see him bring over the Karate Man. John, his last match in Impact, Ethan Page wrestled himself the Karate Man and lost. What? What? (laughs) He wrestled wrestled himself? Yeah, there's a whole thing about this. And he's even pissed off about it because TNA, like, or Impact really butchered the footage that he did for this whole thing. Like, uh, Sam and I watched this match and we were like, this is the greatest and also the most terrible thing we've ever watched in our entire life. And we need to continue watching this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love how oh, dear god I, I love your face too we said that you're just like what yeah, yeah. that's also, like what <laughs> yeah well we're we're really behind you like i said impact is really up its game it's it's almost at times more like a better produced ring of honor kira hogan kira hogan who's with uh the baddies like she was a i think two-time knockouts tag champion with tasha Steele, yep. and they were really she's also a good talker on the mic Ethan Page was the him and Josh Alexander, who's the Impact Champion now. They were the North, you know, they were the Canadian tag team, and they yep. both are incredible on the mic. Ethan Page, especially though, so it's glad to see him up front. Ricky, we've been watching him since NWA. You know, him and uh, Scott and I, like first episode we watched it, he was he was for the TV title actually. It was for the the TV title tournament, and I think we texted like the first time we saw him, and, like he's got he's got the effector. Yep, he's got <laughs> the effector. Like, yep. Thunder Rosa, we said the same thing at the time. Let's jump over to that quickly. We 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 glossed over that because I think that's something that also is kind of important. And I think between the CM Punk thing and the Thunder Rosa thing, I don't know how the how AEW's talent relations is with their actual talent. Like, you know, I know Thunder Rosa was like out for a while, and she, you know, obviously hate, Jamie Hader won the belt as a, the interim champion, but Thunder Rosa ended up relinquishing it, making Jamie Hader the the, the champion. I'm not even sure what that relationship was. I don't know if Thunder Rosa was hard to work with or there was just, you know, yeah. Anyone, anyone have anything on that? I don't. I believe that was, that was something I said when we were doing our predictions for full gear. uh, I think the the previous episode uh, was that I believe that I had said, well, I said, at what point does Thunder Rosa 
let go of this title because she's been gone for a while battling an injury or whatever the circumstances were, what have you. So we saw that happen where they they made Jamie Hayter the the women's world champion and they recognized Tony Storm's title reign as being legitimate instead of being interim. But it does raise an eyebrow at what the relationship is with AEW and Thunder Rosa. Because I believe there were stories coming out, you know, at the time where she uh, stepped away for a little bit that, you know, there was one point where after a match, she was like, she locked herself away in the lot, like a room or whatever, crying because of like legitimate heat that she had with the rest of the woman in the locker room. Because I'm sure, I'm sure these, these wrestling rock, locker rooms have these clicks, right? Ha- right. Have you, you know, like you say, well, that's different well, that that uh, there is that click but <laughs> but you know these these friend groups or whatever it, there's i'm sure there's definitely one in the women's women's locker room and probably maybe, more so if you want to be honest definitely so uh, thunder rosa probably was not part of it and there was one match that she had where where people thought she was sandbagging like this i i don't remember what match it was there was a match where thunder rosa was getting some heat because she thought like this guy, I guess people thought that she wasn't really trying in this in this match, but I mean, eventually she stepped away for injury. But I don't think we actually ever found out what the what the injury actually so was. The, I'm reading again. I'm this is don't take this with a take this with a grain of salt because I'm just kind of scrolling through, you know, Wikipedia since that's where the information just sits and we can dig from there. Um, the 24th of august on dynamite she said she couldn't uh she had an injury she couldn't defend the title wow august wow however there's an r article shortly after that saying that which led to the allegations claiming the injury was fake which rosa denied so supposedly she you know she had this back injury has this back injury and AEW or somebody named it was oh that's a fake injury however mm. she is scheduled to wrestle at a triple mania event i think that's another thing that threw people off I thought I remember seeing one of her last either tweets or messages or, or something on Facebook or whatnot that she's moving on to other uh, other ventures. So she may even be just be done completely with AEW. Yeah. So I'm kind of scrolling through seeing what because she said she was going to have a match for AAA. I thought that was something where she was supposed to have that match, but then that was nixed because she stepped away for her that injury that might have been it yeah yeah. so that match that match didn't happen okay but i i i don't know i don't think i i don't think she'll come back i don't think so either which you know again i was i did like her i was you know behind her yeah but again it's gonna happen it's gonna happen with talent you know yeah i mean let's realistically let's let's Back away from AEW. I know obviously WWE's been a lot, you know, has been consistent with their talent, but let's think about the talent that has come in and out of that company over the years right. that you thought would be a big thing, or you know, let's go to like the attitude era, beginning of the ad, even in 95. You know, obviously you had Big Van Vader who came over, who was supposed to be a big deal. You know, you had Primadonna, Shawn Michaels at the time. You know, they had the SummerSlam match. You know, Shawn Michaels was a prick about it. You know, I think Shawn Michaels apologized at that point. He's like, Yeah, I was a dick. I was a uh, piece of shit at that time you know vader was supposed to be the nicest guy backstage you've had all these other smaller talents that's come through it's i just think this is part of the business and especially AEW with their growing pains is going to show yeah 
However, Vince has had a lot more time doing it, a lot more time doing it. So again, that's why I'm not so mad about the whole Jeff Jarrett thing. I know some people are like, oh, we got Jeff Jarrett in there. Jeff Jarrett has a lot of experience yes. running companies. Yes. Into and the not, ground too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Between what was his, did his father, it was, it was Memphis, right? That his father owned. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then obviously involved with WCW and then even the creation of TNA impact. Like my understanding, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not the reason why impact really got the bad name. It has now. No, no, definitely not. Um, he also had, what was it? Uh, GFW, I believe too. Global force wrestling. I yeah. One that he, he created and then it merged, I believe with TNA. Um, yeah. And he sold it and he left like he was yeah. just, yeah. So, but yeah, but he he seems to be the scapegoat for a lot of things. Like he, they blame him for the end of WCW. They blame him for a lot of things with 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 TNA and then Impact. And uh, he comes back to WWE and he ends up being you know Double J again. And now he's with now he's with AEW. And I mean, I've always enjoyed watching Double J wrestle. I I I thought he's always been a good worker. So him right now with Jay Lethal, actually, it works for that that group. Uh, I, I don't assume and, and I don't think he's going to be there as a f- active wrestler for too much longer because um, I believe he has a backstage role, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So at some point he'll be till transition to that, which is fine. Um, but he's for the younger talent. He's he's, you know, invaluable to them. Like he, he need, you know, people need to talk to him. He can <laughs> he's got good information to give you. Well, especially right now with again we talk about the post media scrum stuff uh you need you definitely need some people been in the industry a while to kind of talk through and go hey yeah it was continental wrestle Association out of memphis that's what it was ah okay that was one that jerry had all right uh i think we're good i think quick painless two weeks we have final bedlam we'll have the results of final battle probably talk about some things going into the new year um, some things we're working on for the new year. Ooh, spooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but guys, if you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find myself as the SB official, Scott as Scotty J Stream as John the Stat Man. You can find us on all streaming platforms. If there is a streaming platform you cannot find us on, let us know and we will put ourselves on there. On your stream platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Ship It Studio is above the ring on the podcasts of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.